This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Vaped Marijuana. Health Update. Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch and the Rube. Welcome to Couch and the Rube. I am Graham Couch alongside Jason Nick. You're in the Spotlight Studios in downtown Lansing on this Tuesday morning. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to. More stuff than I realized when I woke up. And Jason, I was up late doing my made-up mailbag last night after the Michigan State basketball game against Iowa. I thought I had, I hit all the, you know, there wasn't a great topic week, you know, I'd written about the bowl game already, so I decided to do something fun off the top. And I took basically the, the what I would do with an all-Tom Izzo-era Michigan State basketball roster, right? That's kind of fun. Nice. I got some real... Yeah, yeah. I wake up and uh, Urban Meyer's retiring. That is perfect mailbag fodder. <laughs> a little late, Urban. Oh, but, Herb. Screwed up your made-up mailbag. He botched the, the made-up mailbag, so we'll get to that here. Um... I may rework it at the top of the mailbag and, and, and give people a little something else, but we'll, we'll see. Um, that's not the intent of the made-up mailbag. I don't want I don't want too much real life coming into it. it see, was, I was driving back this morning, and I heard it on uh, from Detroit, I should say. Okay. Patrice was uh, at the airport, and I woke up. I'm like, what? Urban Meyer retired? Oh, okay. And by the way, metro traffic is the worst. I mean, I know, understand Chicago, L.A., all, you know, all the cities. I get it. But people are just the worst drivers. Yeah, I, I had to get that out of the way. I'm I, sorry. I got. Up, I was up at like 6.30, figuring, oh, I had enough time. I was like kind of sweating it out getting here. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was too for different reasons. I woke up at like 9.15 uh, after staying up really late. But I, I'm with you. I don't even understand the east side of the state. Like, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. Uh, I like Detroit, but I don't, I don't. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's, a, there's a cop on the side of the highway, and there's like a five-mile backup, and you get up there and like, wait, what? That's all it was? You're thinking there's some like horrific crash or something like that no no just a, someone on the side of the road but but yeah urban meyer had to ruin your mailbag ruin everybody's day <laughs> michigan fans are it's happy all, it's all about us I, I don't know if michigan fans should be happy i don't know i think well first of all because i know he retired and, and that, that may hurt their program if ryan day is can't sustain it but a couple things one he leaves having just owned michigan michigan state had more success uh, a little more even, although he was he, he 
got the best of D'Antonio more often than not. Um, but Ohio State's program pretty much has shown is, is they have not made a mistake coaching higher in a while. They have sustained themselves. You go back to John Cooper, and I get that he wasn't beating Michigan, but that's a program that's going to win and and probably win big regularly, although Urban Meyer is, is, a, is a heck of a loss. Um, we're going to talk more about that here in a second. Michigan State basketball, what, thumped Iowa last night, 90-68. Um, telling game mostly about Iowa to me. I think Michigan State played really well, but I expected that out of them last night at home. Uh, there were some things they did that maybe I didn't. We'll get into that. Sean Windsor, the great mind of the Detroit Free Press, is going to join us at 1020 and uh, get into Urban Meyer, uh, Michigan State basketball, Michigan State football, all that good stuff. Nick and Ward. My boy Nick Ward looked good last night. He showed I'll, up for I admit you. it. He did. 23 minutes, 26 points. Was 10 for Nine 10 boards. good enough for you from the floor? Yeah, sure. Okay. I, listen, I have no problem when Nick Ward plays well to say he played well. He, that Last night in that game, if he would have played like, like that way against Kansas, mm, just say, played great. He did play great. He played great last night. I, I have no problem saying I'm just not here to rip on Nick Ward. That's the Nick Ward they need to be successful in this Big Ten season. The other thing we'll get to is your Twitter questions, as we do on Tuesdays. And we got some good ones, and they came flooding in. And um, we'll do that second hour. Uh, we are live the entire show now. We used to do an early hour Tuesdays and, and, and record it, and you'd see my giant head sitting here on Facebook Live. I had to ask last night. I was making sure. Yeah, this is the first I time. I was going to have to leave at like 5 in the morning. No D'Antonio pressures. You know, that's still something that could happen from time to time if there's a, a game or an event or something I need to be at. But... Um, we are now at a, a, uh, a point where that is that is not the case. We'll be live to you uh, at all times. I want to wrap up yesterday's poll question, Jason, mm-hmm. which actually ends in 15 minutes, but we'll, we'll call it good now. Well, I added another seven hours on it just to piss Rico off. <laughs> I heard that segment. <laughs> he was like, why don't you cut it down to two hours? Make it more relevant. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I, I, don't, mind it. I don't mind the 24-hour thing. Give, Give people, people time to see it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So He's just a hater. We got you know 1,100 votes. and So the question yesterday was uh, – for those who have traveled to Michigan State football bowl games before, will you consider traveling to the Bay Area for MSU Oregon on New Year's Eve in the Red Box Bowl? Forty-six uh, percent said no because it's not meaningful. Thirty-two percent no, not uh, no because it's too pricey. So if you're you're doing the math there, you're at seventy-eight percent no, and then sixteen percent yes sounds like fun. Six percent I'll follow MSU anywhere. So twenty-two percent are are all in. Um, although I'm guessing those, I'm just saying consider it. So that that kind of that's a little telling. Although if you know if really if you got half 22 percent of all Michigan State fans to actually go to the game, they'd have a huge crowd. So uh, that's not. What about if it were, it were free? Like Would you the, still go? You mean like if it was like the, the all game. expenses? No, no, no. Sorry, I mean, like you still have to pay to get there, but the game was free. No. Would the, you still go? What what what's the deterrent is the price to get there. And if you look at San Francisco hotel prices on New Year's Eve, it ain't pretty. Um, it's it's a tough night. <laughs> it's one of those. Well, nights. I looked yesterday. Santa Clara, right? I mean, well, that's where the game is. It depends where you want to be on New Year's Eve. I'm so confused. San Francisco, Santa Clara, but you know, what I mean, like, it was what 155 a night. You know, I know it's a it's not the Graham Couch Suite, but still, to get a room there, it's not too bad. It's not. It's not and horrible. The flight wasn't bad. We looked that up yesterday as well. Like three fifty for a flight, buck fifty a night for a hotel. Not. I still not don't, as crazy as I thought. I still don't know when I'm going and when I'm coming back, and I'll figure all that out. It's it's a tough day of. 
day off. <laughs> Noon game day off. Cross country flight. Yeah. There's a disaster waiting to happen. Let's do that in the middle right of on. winter. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh that would make a, a good deal of sense. Um now but getting back to this Urban Meyer thing, first of all, I don't think any of us were stunned, right? This has been rumored that it could happen after next year, but after what happened before the season with uh him looking like he I don't say covered up, but certainly lied about uh, uh, one of his coaches being involved in domestic violence and then had the health issues again this year and has always had that going. It just seemed like this was inevitable at some point. I think from an MSU perspective, though, you've got your own house you got to worry about. If Ohio State takes a slight step back, does that help you maybe? Yeah, if, if you win a game or two more against them, but really it doesn't help the strength of the cachet of the Big Ten. What you never want to become, and this was really interesting. I was on the phone yesterday with a uh, doing a, a radio show in Oregon, and one of the questions they asked me was, "How much did people uh, out there when they saw the bowl matchup go? Oh, it's a Pac-12 team. The Pac-12 isn't very good." And I said, not at all. That's not at all the response. Anybody? I mean, everybody knows the Pac-12 struggled a little bit, and they're not in the um, playoff. But nobody sits there and goes, "Oh God, the Pac-12 must be an awful team." That's not. Just the com- so that's the conversation that apparently is being had out west. You don't want to ever be there where the Big Ten, the, having a super team or having a power, having Ohio State always in the conversation. I mean, you want to be part of that conversation too if you're Michigan State or Michigan or anybody else, Penn State. But it doesn't help to have a villain at the top. It doesn't help to, or, or, sorry, it doesn't hurt to have every, somebody that everybody is chasing. I think. So you want that program to be relevant, and I think it will. To what degree, Urban Meyer won everywhere, right? He won big at Bowling Green, won big at Utah. He won just about unbeaten everywhere. Won two national championships at Florida before we really had national championships. But he won one at Ohio State, so he actually has a national championship. Um, I, I think... Will he coach again? No. Really? I do think You think this, he's done? I mean, the the, the amount of money... Some college, I mean, college pro, I don't know. Maybe pro is not his thing, but there's certainly, there has to be a lot of colleges out there going, oh my God, Urban Meyer's available? Well, he is 54, so he's only the age now that Mark D'Antonio, I believe, was when he, nah, D'Antonio might have been 52, but uh, anyway, he's he's not that dissimilar to where D'Antonio was when he took over Michigan State. So he certainly is young enough to do it again. I, I just, there's a sense in me that, and maybe he will, it would have to be the right spot, right? I mean, Notre Dame, I don't know. if you, I mean, that what used to be the dream thing. Would he come back in five years to Notre Dame? I think it'll be a little while. So, yeah, I, actually, at that age, before he's 65, five years, he's still not 60. I could he's see He's going to take a year off like he did last time. He's going to do the TV thing, and there's going to be some college where they don't have uh, the, the, the season they thought they were in. Damn. See, I don't Damn know. If, coach. I don't know if the TV thing's going to be there for him the way it was last time just because of all the stuff swirling around him. Oh, please. You think it will? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Fox Sports Regional or something, but I don't, I don't, ESPN's not hiring. What is it that he did again? He lied, blatantly. Oh, okay. And he may have covered up uh, a death, a, a, a domestic violence staffer. Okay. Sure. Ah, we don't know everything. All right. But I mean, he's not going to be on, first of all, Urban Meyer's not going to do like FS9 or ESPN seventeen, like he's not going to be on one of those. That's what I'm saying. Channels. That's why. That's why I don't think he's on TV next year. I, I, if he's if he's out of the game for five years, no. he will do TV at some point, but it won't be next year. I don't think five I, I think, years. You think that he would not coach football for five years? 
I don't see him away from the game that long. I think his health is a serious problem. I, and I, I understand a lot of people don't believe it because there was a controversy swirling around him and they think that's what pushed him out. I think his health is a bigger concern for him and for his wife. I mean, he has um, a cyst on the brain. Every time you look over at the sideline, he's like bending yep. over. If it's so bad, why is he coaching in the Rose Bowl then? Just retire now. It's his team. Do it one last time. I don't know. Right. That's what he wants well, to do. Well, let Day coach the team if your health is so bad. I just, I just don't. And by the way, I mean, Urban Meyer hasn't earned the respect to believe him. I, hey, if he's not healthy, hope he gets better, all that stuff. But I'm not believing it. If you're that bad, if your health is that bad, then don't coach in the Rose Bowl. Well, that, that's that's his problem. He has a credibility issue, right? It, it, I mean, when you stand up in front of a group of reporters in a room, like at Media Day, which you know is it's called Media Day. Like it's not, you're not. It's not off the record. Shoot the bull day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it. They're, they're there to ask you on the record questions in a setting that's being recorded live, and you lie. You're going to have a credibility problem. At the very least. Or, you know, whatever he did or didn't do in terms of how he should have handled his own staff in that situation and Zach Smith being a total turd. Um, <laughs> I, he, he, at the very least, he has a credibility problem. But nobody cares if you're at college. It, they'll hire him in two seconds. That's the problem I have. Honestly, that's the problem I have. Is that if you want to sit there and be high on your horse and be old, you know, white knight, and be against. Urban Meyer for what he did with Zach Smith, then don't you know? Don't be excited when he comes to your team, because he's going to get another job opportunity. I mean, there's going to be I don't know. There's going to be money flying everywhere for Urban Meyer. I yeah. I, if he wants to coach again, he'll coach again. And right. we'll, we'll That's see why people whether... are hypocrites, though. But people that are like, oh, I can't believe what he did, to, you know, with Zach Smith, and he lied at the you know, Big Ten media days. Oh wait, wait, he wants to come coach for us. Oh, oh, absolutely. Right. I, I think no Mich- problem. I think Michigan State fans would would take him. You know, I mean, that's the thousand thing. percent. Well, but he is one. You know, you can argue that Nick Saban is, um, the greatest modern coach, mm-hmm. but you can also argue that it's Urban Meyer, because while Nick Saban did it two places, and he was building it at MSU, but he did it at LSU and then at Alabama, and he's done it at Alabama at unprecedented levels. Urban Meyer won at an amazing level of Bowling Green in 2001-02. Then at Utah, I mean, he was there at both these places two years, undefeated season at Utah. Two years. Usually it's like, I need my own guys, year four, year two, undefeated Utah. Then he coaches six years at Florida, two national titles. Then goes and does it at Ohio State. So when you can do it at Bowling Green, I mean, Nick Saban coached a year at Toledo. He didn't do that there at Toledo. It is hard to do certain places. And what allows... Urban Meyer to do it everywhere is the offensive acumen. Saban needs a certain level of athlete to be able to recruit to that level of athlete. You can do that in the SEC. You can do that at LSU and Alabama. Bowling Green in Utah, and you can do it at Florida and Ohio State too, don't get me wrong, but Bowling Green in Utah are places where you need to be an offensive innovator. And he was. I mean, he, he, he built that offensive Bowling Green. He built it with John L. Smith's help. He, was, he took a lot of things from John L. Smith. I mean, the, John L. Smith for all the, the jokes and the mocking around here was, you know, he's an offensive guru. He was somebody who was really, really well uh, respected. Um, so Michigan fan isn't happy today, or they are happy? I don't, I don't, that's a good question what Michigan fan feels. I but, think Michigan fan, you're like, man, I, they want a chance to actually beat Urban. He's going to, 
he's going to retire allegedly with an undefeated record against Michigan. So Let, let's get into that with Sean Windsor. We'll, we'll have him here uh, next uh, here on Couch in the Roop. These are dynamic times in Greater Lansing. Lots of great growth and change and opportunity all around. The Eid Company is here and wants to help. Whatever your real estate needs are, be they commercial, retail, residential, or land. The Ides are a family company with a care and understanding of a small business, but the reach of a big one. Visit us at IdeCompany.com or call 517-351-2480. The Ide Company. Come grow with us. Would you or someone you know love to make a difference in the lives of kids and get paid for it? Dean Transportation is now hiring responsible and caring school bus drivers. You'll earn a competitive benefits package, 401k, paid time off, and we offer flexible scheduling. Excellent driving history required. Paid CDL training provided. Apply now at deantransportation.com slash jobs. That's deantransportation.com slash jobs. Make a difference in the lives of our kids and get paid to do it. Hi, Tom Crawford here telling you if you eat better, you feel better which is why you need to experience the real food and fresh fruit of the Tropical Smoothie Cafe in East Lansing. What a great selection from toasted wraps, sandwiches, flatbreads, and gourmet salads, let alone the renowned fresh fruit smoothies. Two convenient locations, 1201 East Grand River, across from the MSU campus, 1595 West Lake Lansing Road, just east of 127. It's the Tropical Smoothie Cafe, your healthy, guilt-free cafe and catering destination. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. Tom Crawford with Spotlight Sports Minute brought to you by the Tropical Smoothie Cafe, your healthy guilt-free cafe and catering destination. Sorry, I can't stop talking about this Michigan basketball team. One of the quickest jumps out of the gate in recent memory. John Beeline's squad has now played three ranked opponents and blown them all out by 17 points or more. When you talk to Purdue's Matt Painter, as I did on Saturday afternoon after Michigan bounced Purdue 76-57. Very difficult to attack the Michigan defense. And on the other end of the floor, when the Wolverines hit their threes like they did nine times against the Boilermakers, it's Katie Bar the door. A really challenging team to play. Next stop for the Wolverines, Northwestern, Tuesday night in Evanston. Looking forward to it. Hey, maybe Michigan is a basketball school. I'm Tom Crawford. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. NBC News Radio, I'm Lisa Carter. Former President George W. Bush will deliver the eulogy for his father, former President George H. W. Bush, tomorrow at the National Cathedral in Washington. Other speakers at the 41st President's Memorial will include former Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, former Wyoming Republican Senator Alan Simpson, and presidential historian John Meacham. President Trump and former Presidents Carter, Clinton, and Obama will attend the memorial. Meanwhile, Vice President Mike Pence among those honoring the first President Bush during a ceremony at the Capitol yesterday. All his years in public service were characterized by kindness, modesty, and patriotism. And thousands of permanent legal U.S. residents are on their way to basic training. The Pentagon says it will begin sending a backlog of green card holders to recruit training this week. The move suspends a policy the Trump administration ordered last year. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. Less boring than Sunday school. You're listening to Couch in the Room. Wake up. Run for your life with me. 
All right. One of our favorite guests, and I say that, I used to say that way too much, but, I, but I'm always real with when it's Sean Windsor. And this is a good day to have Sean on. Sean Windsor from the Detroit Free Press joins us now. Sean, thanks for taking some time. Oh, glad to join you, Hondo. <laughs> you are a better husband and father than you oh, are a journalist. That's, that's for sure. Um, Sorry for the inside baseball. What are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, I don't know. If, if you listen to Hondo's radio show, you, you know exactly what we're talking about. Um, well, something happened down the road in, in Columbus this morning uh, that, that caught me a little off guard. I figured it could happen at some point. Uh, I'm wondering your uh, initial thoughts on, on Urban uh, retiring, what it means, uh, were you surprised, and, and what it means for the Big Ten and, and the, the two schools in the state? Uh, I don't know if I was surprised. I think um, a lot of folks thought this was common. I'm no body language expert, and I don't like to read too much of that into uh, you know folks making huge career decisions. But he didn't look the same this year uh, after he got back from missing. I don't know how many games did he miss? Two? Three, four, or, three or three. Three, or three. Yep. three, three. I couldn't remember. So I I don't know about you, Graham. I don't know how much you studied or, or believed or uh, sort of put stock in all of that, but he he certainly did not look like um, the the he didn't look like himself in terms of how he's coached and I mean we don't have, we don't know what he's like in his private life but uh, at least his his sideline demeanor post game demeanor all that he just he was different and um, you know he had he had some similar issues when he left Florida he was just worn out and you know he's a high strong guy a lot of these guys are in this profession but. Him in particular, you know, seems like the successful ones like that feel like they have to keep keep something up, or they're driven by something that's maybe harder for us to see, and it just it roils them inside, and you know, they they need to step away and breathe for a minute. So, uh, at least in terms of that, it's not it's not that surprising. Do you think uh, if you're a Michigan State or Michigan fan today, are you happy about this that that he's gone from Ohio State? Like my my reaction is one it, I. I I don't want it just to get easier, especially if I'm a Michigan fan and, and I've uh, he's kind of owned the Wolverines of late. And and I also don't want the Big Ten, if if I'm a Big Ten fan, to take a step back. I mean, I think it's healthy for the league to always have a behemoth, to always have uh, somebody who's in the national conversation at the highest levels. No, I completely agree from the Big Ten perspective. Um I think if you're, you know, if you're a Michigan State fan, you're a little, you're a little disappointed because you had some, some great battles, right? And uh, beat them a couple times, and you know, even even just this past season, we're very very competitive, and it could move the ball at all. Probably would have beaten them again. So, I think I think from a Michigan State perspective, it's a little bit different because you have been competitive and you have beaten them. Um, Michigan, it's a little bit more complicated, right? You you couldn't beat them. Um, sometimes not even come close to beating them. But on the other hand, you, you're right. You don't want uh, – I mean, maybe you do want to go back to when it was like under John Cooper and you win all the time. I, obviously, that's preferable than uh, what it's been, what, 14 out of 17. You'd much rather go 9-1 and one or whatever they want under Cooper. So I understand that part of it. But, um, but yeah, the competitive side of you wants – you want that challenge. You want to be able to say you, – you, I think Michigan fans wanted to get to the point where they were – they were, you know, regularly beaten Urban. So, but I think, uh, if, you know, let's not fool ourselves. They want to get to the point where they're regularly beating Ohio State first. I completely agree. Um, I, I think, you know, you beat Ohio State three, four years in a row, you forget that Urban Meyer ever existed. 
and, and, you're, and, you're, and, you're, and you're probably good with it. I want to turn to uh, Michigan State football a little bit and then Michigan State hoops here. The Red Box Bowl, um, it, I mean, I've called it the Video to Go Bowl, and it, 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 you know, it's interesting to make fun of all these, these names of uh, bowl games. And, and you know, they've obviously atta- they, they've realized that if you call yourself the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, nobody will say the word Tostitos. So they've now just taken the sponsor as, as the actual name. Um, but beyond beyond making fun of that stuff, is it, I, I thought considering everything that was going on for Michigan State, where their offense was, where they could have been, and, and I do mean Detroit by that, and, and or New York, that this was as good a landing spot with a as good as an opponent as they possibly could have imagined. I agree. Not only that, it's um, and I know it's a New Year's Eve, right? And New Year's Eve, three o'clock but Eastern a, time. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's fairly, it's uh, at a fairly decent hour, so people aren't going to be out just yet. I mean, maybe you will be. Well, no, I guess you'll be at the game, but you would, you would have been. <laughs> yes, uh, my partying right. starts very early on New Year's Eve. It, or just maybe any 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 day. But uh, no, I, I'm with you. I think um, at least in terms of the, I, obviously Oregon's not what it was, right? I mean, this God, this mess up was a couple of years ago, a few years ago, but. Uh, no, the, the the name you're right, and I think um, I mean Santa Clara is not quite San Francisco, but still you're going to be you're going to be in San Francisco. I think for the pregame stuff and the or the pre you know the in the weekly the four or five days leading up to the game. I personally was rooting for the pinstripe bowl. I, I have to tell you that, Grant. I was too. I mean, I'll be fine. I mean, I, I didn't write that reflectively because I'm trying to write from Michigan State's perspective. Right. New York City at Christmas, easier travel. Uh, very clear dates when I'm going out, when I'm coming back. I like. I think the Yankee Stadium thing is cool, storyline wise. It's over earlier. I, it, it, everything. I, I want in New York personally, but I'm also getting to go to Florida this weekend to cover a basketball game. So I'm not. It's not like I'm desperate to get out. No, of no, 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 no. I just thought it would have been fun. The Yankee Stadium. And yeah. I, I lo- and I love New York too. And uh, Christmas time is great there, and so forth. No, but I, I'm with you. I think. Uh, but here's the thing: whether it was New York or or Santa Clara. California as it is, or, or wherever it would have been, um, they they have a month to kind of uh, hang out in the lab, right? Sure, and get health and get healthy. I assume the quarterback's going to get healthy, at least relatively healthy. I mean, you know, it depends on. I mean, I guess we never fully know knew how damaged the shoulder was, but um, but that's how I see it, Graham. They can they can maybe try some things. They can maybe move some pieces. They can do what they want, and there's not going to be that much pressure. Right. I mean, it's it's internal pressure. I mean, they don't want to go out and, and get clobbered, but uh, you know they've, they've got a little bit more freedom. And bowl and bowl games, especially bowl games like this, when you're not in a playoff, tend to be a little bit more relaxed anyway in terms of uh, pressure and all that. So, so maybe they can take these next four or five weeks and four weeks, I guess, and uh, and figure something out for for the offense, and then roll it out and, and see what happens. Yeah, I think that would be inter- what would be really interesting is if the offense were to look good on the final game of the season, and sort of what the reaction would be, and would that appease people heading into next year? And I don't, I don't know that it will at this point, though. I, I don't know that you know, uh, short of them with the same coordinators and coaching staff looking, doing some vastly different things, and, and putting up forty-five points or something. I, I think it's going to be very hard to get people on board with that group headed to next year, which I think if they keep that group will will then put a lot of pressure on next year because there will be no tolerance for an offense that looked like it did um, this year, next year. And, and frankly, 
just being healthy will, will remove this level of ineptitude. I mean, that's let's let's be honest. I mean, that even if everything they do offensively frustrates you, um, just being healthy will, will take care of a lot of that. I, let, let's turn to MSU hoops here. You sent me a, 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 I think it was a tweet. You responded to a tweet after I, I was tweeting out the play-by-play of Izzo saying that's okay to Cassius Winston after he passed up a wide-open three-pointer right before halftime uh, and took a timeout to get the last shot yesterday, or last night against Iowa and said, you got to take that shot. And I think you're right. I, I think you're totally right. Um, it's interesting, though, that he didn't. He thought what Izzo would want is for him not to take that shot. And that it was a, that's sort of a clear thing in the psyche of, of his players. Do you agree? Um, I mean, it could be. I mean, and, and here's the thing. I was just trying to have some fun with you on the, on the tweet. Oh, I, know it, that, yeah. I don't have any – here's my guess. I mean, Izzo may not have thought it was okay. He may have just been – I mean, he's obviously he's a really good coach, so he could, he could be telling uh, Cassius or Winston it's okay. Because he doesn't want to bark at him at that particular right. situation, right? You're, I mean, right? Because he really did something is, that, that that's logical at a lot of points. Not right there, maybe, but a lot of times you do want to milk the clock for the last shot. Right, and so I think he would have been fine either way. I was just saying, in, in a basketball sense, that where the game is, I mean, so the corner three is the best three in, in the game, right? Yep, it's the most efficient shot. The, the, the math says that you're talking about one of the best three point shooters in. Uh, on college basketball to me, right? I mean, I think the numbers say that. And Winston. And it is wide open. And you're up 10, you can go up 13. Exactly. So maybe if you're up one, right, and you you, 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 want, you want to make sure you have a lead going into halftime, you don't take it and you milk it. I mean, there are scenarios where you can where you can see that. And I get it. The, the momentum's a real thing. You know, if you miss that and Iowa scores, especially if they hit a three, you know, right? Then all of a sudden it's seven or whatever. I mean, it, it, it's it's a real th- it's a psych- you're weighing sort of math against uh, the psyche at that point. But I still think if the if the goal is to score and to get as if the if the goal is to get as many good looks a game as you can, then you take it. Yep, you're not going to get a better look than that at any point on any possession outside of a layup. Uh, what, your, your impressions of MSU last night? I, you know, again, I I think it's more telling what they did against Texas. Even certain things in response at Louisville, at Rutgers, like home games to me are always. I, I just I, I only get so much out of them. It was more telling to me of Iowa, which I thought was beyond this a little bit, and I was I thought their response when they got punched was was pitiful, and I was a little surprised by it given what I'd seen from Iowa at times early this year. Um, but I also thought Michigan State was really efficient. Anytime you do twenty eight assists and thirty one buckets, Nick Ward really good but that's that's what happens when you don't double team him all the time either um that's kind of who he is uh, on single teams and soft defense um but I, I thought Cassius controlled the game Kenny Goins was as good as we've seen him ever uh, what, what were your thoughts on it I'm with you I, I guess I just like the way and this is true of this season for the most part I, I like the way everything around Sue Winston I like the way he's got the, his ball, and, his, and, and it's just—it's a little bit more. And I want to be careful of the word I use here, but it's just a little bit more updated attack, right? Because they rely on high ball screens so much more. Yeah, um, running running through him, and I'm with you on Ward. Ward is—it's—it's it's all about the matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Does, does the other team have any size, or are they going to double him? And we've yet to see 
him handle that well. I mean, especially if he gets doubled, right? I mean, he's gotten a little bit better at kicking the ball out. That's uh, maybe a lot better relative to him. That's still kind of an issue. And Lankford has had some great, great moments or even games and has and so forth. But I still sometimes wonder about him, you know, finishing through contact, pulling up maybe a couple of feet before instead of taking that extra dough. I mean, there's still, he's obviously a lot better. And he's a terrific shooter and great kid and all that. But uh, but to me, and you're right about going, but to me, um, and, you, and you wrote this, Graham, and I agree with you, I think that they can be a little bit better this year because because Winston is just so good controlling the game of the floor. I I agree. I, I think and he gets the ball back. How many times did he get the ball back last year? You know? Not much. And, and that's and look, it, I don't. I'm not a big fan of sort of crapping on somebody after they've left. Um, and, and you know, I don't. I don't mean to do that, with Miles Bridges. You would take him back on this year's team, but I, I also think if you had Miles Bridges back on this year's team. You'd play him at the four, um, because you, otherwise you'd 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 screw up what you have going here. I don't know if they would play him at the four, but they should play him at the four. And sometimes you don't see exactly how something will be without somebody until they're not there. And it became apparent to me really quickly that it just the more the ball is in Winston's hands, the better that offense is always going to be. And and the big thing they have, which isn't always good, like. There, there could be a point in time in certain matchups against really high-level teams this year where the fact that Michigan State doesn't have a star that you can throw the ball to and he can go get you buckets for sure. And they, they frankly, didn't have that a lot of last year either. But it um, might hurt them. But the fact right now they have a lot of stars that sort of rely on Winston. And I think that's a really good thing, though, overall for this offense. No, I agree. Real quickly, I do want to say, I, I do think Langford, and he, he did this against Kansas some. He did it down the stretch against Louisville. I mean, he, he, he obviously against Texas. He, um, he can get tough buckets. Yeah, he's been a lot better at that. He is, and he did it, he did it in Louisville, excuse me, without Winston. Obviously, he'd fouled out, but I just want to say something real quickly. Again, you, you started this conversation about, about about this team, about Winston passing up a shot, and is that ingrained because he is... I, and you and I have talked about this before, Graham. Izzo was a good offensive coach. I mean, he doesn't. He, he obviously doesn't get the credit Beeline does. People don't think of him that same way. But he's had some really, really good teams on the offensive side of the ball. I think the last couple of years people have forgotten that a little bit because he's had pieces that just didn't quite fit, even though they fit positionally, right? And Winston and Langford, Ward, Bridges, where where. Izzo made the mistake last year, and I think he will. He would tell you this. In fact, he has talked about this uh, a little bit with a couple of us. Ward should have come off the bench last year. I know that sounds radical, but uh, Jackson should have been the five, Bridges yep. the four, and then you go and McQuaid the three, and then Langford and Winston. It, that was their best five last year in terms of offensive efficiency, defensive, you know, perimeter defense, all of that. But it's just that's a radical thing to do when you got a skilled low post big guy right especially he'd been there the year before and right and the problem with with ward is ward thought last year was his two and done year so you you would have had to sell that on him and, and try to keep his head in the game and it that's the challenge of college basketball right that people are at different stages of maturity and willingness to buy in and, and you have to it has to kind of come together like this michigan state basketball team on paper is not as talented is not as athletic as last year's team and yet it may wind up with a better finish and being a better team because 
it just fits. It, it comes together. People understand there's role definition that's better. And frankly, there's the timing of maturity happens when it happens sometimes. And and, no, and then Ward is at a different place now than he was a year ago. He was. And sometimes it's just you, you talked about the ball sticking earlier, you know, with Bridges. And that's not necessarily Bridges' fault. It's just how do they how do the pieces fit together? Sometimes they just don't. Shashevsky's had a lot of talent, however many years, a young talent the last four or five years, however many, however long he's done this one and done thing. And, but some years it just doesn't flow like it does in other years. And, uh, and, and I get it. You know, you, last year's team was really good offensively early. The year before they were, they were young. Last year's team people thought was a Final Four team. I understand that the Ben Carter decision against Syracuse. I mean, people keep going after that, but you, which is sort of laughable because if you're thinking about it, if your suggestion is that all of a sudden don't know how to, to play in a modern or coach in a modern game on offense, he puts to me that was a, a great decision putting Carter in there because it opened up the floor immediately and they got all sorts of threes, easy, you know, much easier threes against that lengthy Syracuse zone. They dismissed them. Yep. It's it's amazing that narrative that's starting to build up around that, especially you know Jackson had 36 the other night against the Nets and hit a three to. Right to put uh, to put the game into overtime and and go to Twitter when that happens. Yeah. Now, it's it's still you'll see Ben Carter. Well, and that's right? the thing. Like I am, I am in the minority here. Like I, I think I would have played Ben Carter thirty six minutes. I would have played him more <laughs> because I, I think what he lo- what the reason that it, it didn't work with him besides the missed threes was that he had lost some confidence in that fifteen foot shot. He lost some confidence sort of late in the year and. There's something about you can get confidence back quickly if you are going to be the guy, you are going to be on the floor, and you are able to play through things. And uh, we've all been there in, in pickup games and everything where you come and you're not feeling great and you just wind up in a situation where it all starts to come together. And I, I would have tried to build his confidence because I thought he was the right matchup for that play. If not, I, I get the Jaron Jackson argument, and he was really befuddled by that zone when he was there. The other play to me would have been to let Jaron Jackson – figure it out and figure it out and, and try. But Jackson wasn't a guy last year who, I mean, he could have maybe, he was getting to the point where he could drive and post, but he wasn't a guy who was going to create off the pass for you in that situation the way Ben Carter was. And if well, Ben no. Car- if that had worked, if they had hit five more threes and one by ten points, people would look at that as a really creative, innovative decision. Well, of course they would have, even if they'd hit a couple more threes and just one, although then maybe they would have said, well, you could have won by more, but and, and Izzo and I talked about this in the summer, and he and he will tell you this that uh, that wasn't his best coaching job against no. Syracuse. But he will he will defend Carter at least for a while. And the thing that he and I talked about was should Jackson eventually gone on the baseline, right? Yeah. Because yep. clearly Jackson struggled in the middle of the zone. I mean, if he got in foul trouble in the first half, he struggled in the middle of the zone. He sits. It open, Carter opens everything up. I do think Jackson sat too long. Right, and you try to find a different space, but even but even then, he was getting eaten up a little bit on the baseline. He just was one of those games, and he was barely eighteen years. It just yes, you let him figure it out. Maybe you try bridges in another way. Izzo was very self critical of the overall prep of how they attacked yeah. that zone. Yeah. All right, because his head, there was a lot of stuff going on, but at least in theory, it made some sense. You know, did he stay with it too long? Sure, he did. I mean, you got a, you got a top five pick there. You're right. Let him try to figure it out but there was a basketball reason and a pretty good one for trying it and uh the fact that people can't see that maybe maybe don't know what they're looking at 
Sean, I love the fact that we, we rehashed and broke down the uh, Syracuse NCAA tournament game for five minutes here. That, that really warms my heart, and I'm actually, to be honest, it'll warm listeners' hearts. Sean, I, I appreciate you as always. We'll talk soon. All right. All right that's Sean Windsor, Detroit Free Press, one of the great minds in the business, as I always say. We'll be right back. Couch in the Roop. You're connected to Business Wrap in a snap. Hello, this is Phil Zeller, CEO of Dale Carnegie Training, offered by the Ralph Nichols Group. Have you been in that situation before where somebody around you just, I mean, they messed up? Uh, oh, my gosh. You probably had this happen this past week, and your head just wanted to explode because you're thinking, how could this happen? This can't happen. This can't be happening right now. Well, you know what? It did. It did, and you know what? It happens. It's happened to you before. It happens to people around you, and you see things blow up. The question is, what can you salvage? What can you pull together? What can you, what can you learn from it and move on? Because as they say, you know, we learn from our mistakes. We grow because of our achievements, but we learn from our mistakes. It's kind of a, a strange thing that way is that we have to make a mistake a lot of times to learn what not to do. But when we are successful, we have an achievement. We can build on that and it gives us confidence to do more. So the key here is that we got to understand when working with people and we're leading people and communicating to people is that people are human beings. They're going to make mistakes. You remember the human league? I'm only human born to make mistakes that goes out to my buddy dan because i i can't sing but he does he loves to sing songs like that so you think about that you're going to make mistakes people are going to make mistakes here's what you need to do you need to use encouragement you need to make the fault seem easy to correct if you want the person to go on and go forward remember they're human just use encouragement make the fault seem easier to correct and if you do that they're going to be able to bounce back recover learn from mistake and make good things happen for more in-depth business discussion on this topic and many more, go to businesswrap.biz. Also, download the free OneTouch Business Wrap app by searching Business Wrap on the Apple App Store or Google Play. And from our founder, Suzanne Heward, that's a wrap. Gambling, booze, and lots of opinions. You're listening to Couch and the Roo. All right, good conversation with Sean Windsor, as always, and uh, I hope we've solved the Syracuse uh, loss in the NCAA tournament six, seven, eight months later, whatever it is, once and for all. Um, it is an, an, a Michigan State basketball team that is just different than a year ago in so many ways, and in a lot of ways better despite being less talented. When you watch it, Jason, do you, when you watch Michigan State this year, does it just seem to flow better? The cohesion is better than a year ago? I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, you get uh, two guys that are top five or top ten lottery picks away from your team. You think you're better than you were last year? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, who thought Kenny Goins would be playing this well right now? I, you know, we knew Cassius would be playing this well. But I mean, honestly, I I don't know how you can get rid of not get rid of, but Bridges and Jackson go to the NBA and think that this team is better off. I mean, as far as a national championship. Contender? No. Big Ten championship contender? Sure. And that's where it's interesting. They don't yet, yeah, right, the high-end guy. And and it's mainly – so if, if you added Jaron Jackson to this, it, it, Sean and I were talking a year ago, you would definitely put Ward coming off the bench if you had to do – they just had too many bigs last There's year. There's no way Ward was going to – I mean, that would have been turmoil. It would have been tough. 
There's no way Nick Ward's coming You, you would have had to sell Ward on this. When you come in, we're going to feature you. You're, you're going to be this bull on guys who are starting to get tired. You're going to play the same amount of minutes. And it's not going to affect your point. I, I don't know if it would have worked. No. And that's the challenge in college basketball, right? Is You just you can't. Some of it is politics. You know, if you say to Miles Bridges, who comes back and knows he's going to be a guard in the pro, we, we actually we discovered you're not a guard. You're, at the college level, as a star, you're a four-man. You will be a wing at the pro because as a, in the pros because as a role player, you can be a wing. But as a, as a featured guy, you're better on the, on the block. You're better as a four in this offense. Some of it's politics there. Some of it's they went from having no big guys because of injuries and, and uh, to six big guys. Who are all could have started various places in the Big Ten, and now you got to work that out. How about Xavier Tillman? Looked really no, good the, last that's night. That's a kid that's impressed me, especially last night. He was terrific. Both he and Goins, and if you watch Tillman, especially on the uh, Tyler Cook for Iowa, is a, is a bear of a player. Man, that guy is something else. Six nine can do a lot of things. And when the game was really was was close and at all, not even close, when the game was. He got a couple buckets late, but before that, he was four for ten with nine points. Iowa's not going to beat Michigan State ever if Tyler Cook is four for ten with nine points. And if you watch Tillman defend him, that matchup—I mean, that's part of Iowa's problem—is that Michigan State's a really tough matchup for them because they have an answer for what Iowa does best, and what Iowa doesn't do well, which is being tough in, in the post. And and they didn't want what was was also sort of fascinating is Tyler Cook, who is six nine and two thirty. 240, strong guy, did not guard Michigan State's bigs because they did not want to get him in foul trouble. And that's sort of an interesting dynamic we haven't seen a lot when the opposing big or opposing star is a four or a five, especially a four, worrying about him defensively dealing with Ward or Tillman and how that affects things. And that that's another advantage Michigan State can have. Again, I thought Iowa was disappointing. I really did. I I watched Iowa play Oregon. And I watched him play UConn, and I thought, and they have this Joe Weiskamp, this freshman, the local kid out of Iowa, who hurt his ankle last night, and I hope that's not you know a lingering month-long thing. It looked nasty, but that is a, a kid who changes them. He is a pro. He's a 6'6 guard. He can do everything. I think by the end of the year, he, I, I shouldn't say he'll be their best player because um, that probably won't happen, but as long as he's out there in a little bit of trouble, they go back to being what they were last year. But they were defending a little better. They were really moving offensively, and now – the Wisconsin game, this game, even the Pitt game they won. Pitt's not very good. There there seems to be some reverting back to who they were, and, and that's not a good deal for Iowa. To me, they look kind of like a, a, a bubble team uh, right now. But for Michigan State, man, that that is, Jason, I mean, that is a a really, really um, great-looking win. It just happened at home. So it, to me, it's not as impressive is they're, you not, hear that? they're not getting any of your votes. Do you yeah, hear that? What is that? Some construction, something going on. Okay, I want to make sure it wasn't just me. Like <laughs> sounds coming out of my body, you know. Like I should have had breakfast. <laughs> um, that uh, it's a quality home win, though, Graham. They're not going to get any votes in your uh, AP. There's no such thing as a quality home win. No. Okay. And as I put in my, ba- I finally, I'm starting to explain to people. I'm trying to do it on multiple platforms why Duke won't be ranked and why there are about, I think there's seven teams. That won't be ranked. I can't wait for this. Kentucky, Kansas, a lot, of, lot of really big time programs that won't be ranked for at least a couple weeks or at least a week until they play a true road game. It is, it, it's, it's going to be my standard. I did it last year. I've said I'm going to do it. I can't back down now. 
I'm all in. Oh, please I, go all in. Well, Let's the, do it. The problem is I wanted to, and we need to take a break here, but I we wanted do. to do, uh, when I started to look at it, I was like, ah, I should have waited one more week just because in one more week, half of these teams do play one by the 15th. But they'll just be gone for a week. Then they'll be back in. Duke does not till January 8th. That's shameful, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Kentucky is just as bad. They're just We're going to get into this a little second hour um, because it, it obviously drives me nuts. Um, we'll be right back. Couch in the Roof. Michael Patrick Shields here. My pal Jim Baker runs corporate office interiors. And when it's time to buy office furniture, make the smart choice. Save up to 80% or more off retail prices. This is Jim Baker, owner of Corporate Office Interiors, with offices in Lansing, Detroit, and servicing the entire state of Michigan. We are committed to providing you with exceptional results on your next office project. On time, on budget, every time. Contact us at corporateofficeinteriors.net and let us help you. Hi, Tom Crawford here telling you if you eat better, you meet better, which is why you need to embrace any catering needs from the Tropical Smoothie Cafe to leave your group refreshed, not sluggish. For your upcoming company meeting or event, please consider the great selection from toasted wraps, sandwiches, flatbreads, and gourmet salads, let alone the renowned fresh fruit smoothies. Two convenient locations, 1201 East Grand River across from the MSU campus, 1595 West Lake Lansing Road just east of 127. It's a Tropical Smoothie Cafe, your healthy, guilt-free cafe and catering destination. It's time for Did You Know, brought to you by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. Did you know that over the last decade, sports tournament-related hotel room consumption in Greater Lansing has grown by 185%? How about the fact that over 20% of all local restaurant business comes from visitors to the area? Sports events in Greater Lansing are big business, and local hotels, restaurants, and retailers earn millions annually by providing services to these sports-minded visitors. Find more information at lansingsports.org, and now you know. These are dynamic times in Greater Lansing. Lots of great growth and change and opportunity all around. The Eid Company is here and wants to help. Whatever your real estate needs are, be they commercial, retail, residential, or land, the Eids are a family company with a care and understanding of a small business, but the reach of a big one. Visit us at EidCompany.com or call 517-351-2480. The Eid Company. Come grow with us. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. This is Doug Warren with a Spotlight Sports Minute. The Detroit Lions lost Sunday 30-16 to to the Los Angeles Rams. Before the game, I looked at the Lions roster, and out of the 53 players, I counted just 15 players who were plus players, meaning that they were above average or elite. That means 38 players on the Lions' current roster are average or below. The talent disparity between the Lions and the Rams was stark. And that lack of talent on the current Lions roster points directly back to the drafts of former Lions general manager Martin Mayhew. Mayhew was in charge of seven Lions drafts from 2009 to 2015. He drafted 53 players. Of those 53 players, only eight of them are still on the team. The Lions have a long way to go to replace that talent gap left by the incompetent Martin Mayhew. I'm Doug Warren. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. NBC News Radio. I'm Lisa Carter. 
Americans are visiting the U.S. Capitol Rotunda this morning to pay their respects to former President George H.W. Bush. Thousands did the same overnight. The round-the-clock public viewing will continue through tomorrow when services will be held at the National Cathedral. During a ceremony Monday, House Speaker Paul Ryan saying Bush was the first president to teach me and many of us that in a democracy, sometimes you fall short. And that how you handle that, that is just as important as how you win. Ryan says Bush's life was a hymn of honor. CIA Director Gina Haspel will discuss the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi with a small group of senators today. The briefing comes after senators have repeatedly asked for information following Haspel's absence from last week's briefing. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says there's no clear evidence Khashoggi's death at the Saudi consulate in Turkey was ordered by the Crown Prince. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. Can we just talk about it for five minutes? You're listening to Couch and the Rue. All right, Jason. When we get back, top of the next hour, we're going to do one of the best things we do, I think, and we're going to take your Twitter question. <laughs> I do the best thing. It's the best day of the week, Tuesday. I, I was, it, you know what? Tuesday went from my least favorite day. Remember when we first Tuesday we ever had to do, and it was like figuring out how to tape, you know, do oh. an hour ahead and what we were going to do, and I had to race off to the D'Antonio Presser, and we were just figuring out the show. And I had to do math. Yeah, it was. Backlog yeah. on the show. Yeah. It, 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 I remember leaving that first Tuesday going, Tuesday going, this isn't going to work. Like, I, I don't want to do this show anymore. And that was day two. Wow. Yeah, it's gotten better. Um, and these Twitter questions are a big part of it. Sure. And uh, so we're going to get into those. not sports related. That's what I enjoy about them the most. No, there's some good they're ones. They're all over the board. There, there's some good ones. And we didn't, get, again, we're getting to the point where we're getting enough where we, we just simply can't get to them all. And so what I do when we can't do that is I, I save the ones we don't get to uh, for our Friday show. So we'll get some more on Friday and we'll, we'll add those in. Well, we uh, also have a certain listener that uh, has about 27 of them. He does that regularly. We, we try to get three in uh, at least for him because they're good. I, yeah. I, I look, yeah. I'll predict your guy is a valuable member of our listener crew. Sure. I mean, his, it's not like he's just wasting our time with questions. They're good, well-thought questions over a variety of topics. Never feel like you're putting too many questions in. We will use our discretion and, and, and actually... Um, and Choosing. a restraining order. Yes. Discretion, restraining orders, whatever we have to do. However you want to do it. Yep. And we're, we're going to let that segment run. So we, we will come on and we'll just do that segment as, as long as that segment goes and uh, make up for it in the back end. So uh, that'll be next. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little more MSU football. We'll talk some, some gambling picks. Um, but good first hour. I think I think we've, we've, we've hammered the Urban Meyer thing pretty good. I didn't break any news. You wanted to quit after the second show? Man. Yeah, well, I, I hadn't told you that till today. Was, I understand. Wednesday was better. That Wednesday was better. After Wednesday, it was good. The Tuesday, I wanted out. So much pressure. Yeah, I, I was just going to be called no the roof. It's just going to be called the roof. We'll be right back. Couch of the Roof, Spotlight Radio Network. It's time for Did You Know, brought to you by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. Did you know that over the last decade, sports tournament-related hotel room consumption in Greater Lansing has grown by 185%? How about the fact that over 20% of all local restaurant business comes from visitors to the area? Sports events in Greater Lansing are big business, and local hotels, restaurants, and retailers earn millions annually by providing services to these sports-minded visitors. Find more information at lansingsports.org, and now you know. 
Fall means football, falling leaves, and furnace maintenance. Hi, I'm Peggy Doty. Call the winning team at Doty Mechanical today for a 17-point tune-up on your furnace. A furnace tune-up is a smart way to ensure your family's safety and avoid a stressful breakdown. Win this heating season with a Team Doty furnace tune-up. Call Doty Mechanical today at 327-7777 or visit us at DotyMechanical.com. For heating and cooling, the names to know, Doty Mechanical and Carrier, turn to the experts. Politics, business, sports. This is the Spotlight Radio Network. SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. A bad night all around for the Washington Redskins. Quarterback Colt McCoy suffers a broken right leg in the second quarter of their 28-13 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. He'll miss the rest of the season, joining Alex Smith, who broke his leg last month. The Redskins forced to go with journeyman Mark Sanchez the rest of the way. Coach Jay Gruden. You know, losing Alex was one thing. Uh, he's a great leader, great quarterback, put a lot of time with him, and then Colt finally gets his uh, golden opportunity, and he gets kicked in the leg and, and breaks it. So, you know, heartbroken for both those guys, really. Sanchez signed two weeks ago, passes for 100 yards and a pick. Both teams now 6-6. Six and six. Quarterbacks Tua Tungo-Vailoa of Alabama, Kyla Murray of Oklahoma, and Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State named finalists for the Heisman Trophy. The award for the most outstanding college football player will be given out Saturday. NBA Golden State over Atlanta 128-111, Nuggets 106, Raptors 103, the Timberwolves beat the Rockets 103-91, the Thunder and Wizards also win. That's sports, Joel Stern, NBC News Radio. Much of the nation is enjoying quiet weather today, but it is turning much colder for many parts of the country. A large high-pressure regime dominates the continental United States, and therefore storms are largely absent from the map. It's going to be colder than usual for a good part of the country. In particular, you'll notice the plains and the Midwest seeing temperatures some 10 to 20 degrees below what we'd expect for this time of year. The colder air is shifting eastward for the middle of the week, while slightly milder temperatures will return to the southwest and the central U.S. by late in the work week. There will be some storminess on the weather map today, even if it is limited. There'll be showers and thunderstorms for the southern half of Florida today, and rain and eventually mountain snow will be moving into California, with the intensity of the precipitation increasing later in the day today and into tonight and Wednesday. Temperatures in the 20s and 30s for much of the Midwest today. That's your national weather forecast. Mike Ellis, NBC News Radio. NBC News Radio, I'm Lisa Carter. Thousands pay respects to the late former President George H.W. Bush throughout the night in Washington, D.C. America's 41st president lies in state at the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. During a ceremony Monday, House Speaker Paul Ryan saying Bush's life was a hymn of honor. He was the first president to teach me and many of us that in a democracy, sometimes you fall short. And that how you handle that, that is just as important as how you win. A state funeral will be held at the National Cathedral on Wednesday. Bush's remains will return to Texas after the service tomorrow for a private funeral. He'll be buried there with his wife and daughter. By the way, the Postal Service is suspending delivery and retail service Wednesday in honor of the former president. German auto executives are due in Washington today to meet with Trump administration officials. Top executives with Volkswagen, Daimler, and BMW are concerned about President Trump's threat to impose tariffs on European-made cars. All three companies have assembly plants in this country. 
Allegations of fraud are swirling around a North Carolina congressional race. Questions were raised in North Carolina's 9th District when Republican Mark Harris won by a surprisingly high margin in Bladen County over Democrat Dan McCready. The number of votes that he received via absentee ballots was three times higher than the number of Republicans who cast absentee ballots. There are allegations that people went to houses to pick up ballots. According to the News and Observer, most unreturned ballots are associated with minority voters. For now, the North Carolina State Board of Elections is holding off on certifying Harris's win. Matt Cook reporting on the story. And Tumblr says it's banning adult content beginning on December 17th. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. A new drug is offering hope for treating gonorrhea. The World Health Organization says two-thirds of the world's nations are reporting cases of the STD that resist all known antibiotics. But researchers are encouraged about a new drug that specifically targets those superbugs. In recent clinical trials, the drug was said to be 96% effective at killing gonorrhea. 78 million people worldwide are infected with the disease, including more than half a million people in the United States. A new Johns Hopkins study shows vaping cannabis is more powerful than smoking it. Researchers there found that vaping caused more negative drug effects and cognitive impairment in users than smoking. The study also notes that 4 million teenagers across the U.S. say they vaped marijuana. Health Update, Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman? Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch and the Room. All right, we begin our second hour here on Couch in the Room on Tuesdays with your Twitter questions. Some really good ones. And uh, Jason, you ready? All right, let's do it. Yep, first one from Ray Ray Montoya. Who would make the call on firing D'Antonio, and what do you think it'd take for it to happen? Would he survive another 3-9 season? Yeah, he would survive another 3-9 season. Uh, I, he would, that would put him on the hot Like, that would put him on the hot seat. Because he bounced back, like if if they had not bounced back from the previous th- three nine season, he would have been on the hot seat. But he is at a point now where the one year, as long as it's not off the field stuff, the one bad year, unless it's zero and eleven, one and ten, where things really just collapse and it looks like nobody's lost the program or something, the one bad year isn't going to end his career if he doesn't want it to. He's always going to have a chance to bounce back. He's just done too much at Michigan State. He's going to go out like Urban Meyer. He's going to retire. He's not going to get fired. Yeah, he's not only is he going to retire, I think he's going to try to retire. Like this actually, the season didn't go as well as he wanted to. But say this season, and I had this theory early on, because they went 10-3 and last year, and I think he cares about legacy and leaving the program in a good place, and if there was an obvious successor, and you can argue there might be, that they had a great year this year that he might have, if he wanted to be done, be done. I think he enjoys coaching. I don't think he. I think he's got more in him. But in other words, they'd have all these guys coming back next year. So the first, the coach would come in next year with a. It was one of his guys with a lot of success early. 
and they would have had two really good years after that down year if they had gotten back to the Big Ten Championship. If everything had gone well, I thought that would have been a great way to, to cap it. I don't. I, he should go when he's ready to go. He may coach another five years. And it's the grind, too, I mean, as well. I mean, like uh, Mac Brown said about Urban Meyer told him that, you know, I just couldn't get the players up. You know, I, I just wasn't in it anymore. I, my heart wasn't in it. And I think for D'Antonio, that's what it's going to take. He's not going to get fired. No, yeah, he's going to have to decide he doesn't want to do it anymore or do it at that level. Or he's going to have to, you know, his wife, Becky D'Antonio is is somebody who is very cognizant of D'Antonio's health. And D'Antonio had a heart attack in 2010. His health has been good from everything I understand. But if that if something were to go wrong there or, or, or she was to become really concerned, I, you know, you can see a health reason for him, too, as he gets older, being something that would cause him to take to pause and maybe step away. All right, next one from Cleveland Spartan DDS. If D'Antonio stubbornly makes no changes at MSU and goes 8-4 and four next year, is that enough to keep him off the hot seat? Does D'Antonio view himself as untouchable? Do reader questions ever get old? Reader questions don't get old because they're good. Yeah. Reader questions would get old if, if they weren't good. And, and I didn't know where we were going with this segment early on. When we first started this, it, it was a lot of MSU football questions, which is fine because that's what people kind of know me through, right, and and covering Michigan State. Um, and I thought, you know, it would be an okay segment either way, but if that's all it was every week, we were just yeah, hitting MSU football. some of the fun questions right, that, that we then, have coming up. Then it wouldn't – but so, no, they don't get old because nope. we got great listeners and, and, the, and that – to me, is one of the things that Jason I love about this show is based on the questions our listeners are giving us. It it's a reflection on us that we're setting the right tone. That, that this is the show we want to be doing, right? That that that's the, our our people. So no, they don't get old. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, if if um, no changes, eight and four is that enough to keep them off the hot seat? It depends what next year looks like. So it's not the record. You know, if they go eight and four next year, and what happened on offense this year happens on defense, and they're just decimated by injuries, and they're giving up thirty-five a game, and everybody in the world knows that Mike Tressel and Mark D'Antonio and Ron, they know the defensive staff is sound. They know the concepts are sound. Nobody's. If there was an injury-riddled year on defense and the team struggled, nobody in their right mind is going to question whether they know how to do defense. And so, if that happened. I don't think that would put them on the, on the hot seat. I think what would happen, though, is if you scored six points in back-to-back games in November and then 14 against Rutgers and your defense was the best-run defense in college football again and you finished 8-4, and four, I don't want to call it a hot seat, but there would be grumbling and there would be people who lost faith because the hot seat requires somebody will actually fire you. Right. And that's back to the Ray Ray's question. I mean, who would in charge of doing right it. that that yeah. um right i mean that, that yeah it would it would again a year from now new president maybe a new ad i think Beekman's not a temporary ad but you never know what a new president will want but new president certainly so that'll that'll change things a little. i don't think he views himself as untouchable i think he's more of a realist than that any anybody on that staff who went through the three and nine season i had a really interesting conversation with mike tressel on the field at the holiday bowl and it was and, and i did a column on sort of the collective exhale those guys all knew after the three and nine season that 2017 was really important. That they knew they weren't. They knew there was pressure on them to get it back and get it back quickly. So I don't. I don't think they see themselves as untouchable. Next one from Dalem Wine: If MSU can fix its offense, does it have its best chance in years to win a Big Ten given Urban's retirement? 
McSorley leaving and PS, uh, Penn State wavering and Michigan losing so many key players. Sorry, I should edit that question a little That's more. That's all, right. um, all right. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun seeing him for the first time. <laughs> Challenging reading. <laughs> um, well, yes, in a lot of ways. I mean, it, it, there are two road games, Penn State and Michigan last year or next year, but they have so many guys back. If if everybody returns that, that's supposed to return and they do fix the offense because the offense really is what's keeping this team from being a Big Ten champion or at least a really viable Big Ten contender and playoff contender. So I, I don't know what Ohio State will look like next year with Ryan Day. Um, McSorley wasn't great at Penn State this year. It'll be interesting to see what they look like. And I think Michigan will be really good. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere either. But I do think it's it's the best chance, uh, certainly since 2015. What do you think happens to recruiting at Ohio State? Meaning, you know, signing day, they did this, you know, Urban Meyer retired because of signing day. I mean, do you think it, a lot of the recruits changed their mind because Urban Meyer won't be there? That, that'll that be something to watch. <laughs> and if they don't, and, and, you know, there's a lot of, the idea, I'm guessing, is staff continuity. And they may have his own guys here and there he wants to bring in. But staff continuity uh, helps a ton in recruiting. And, and, you know, for all the grumbling about sometimes D'Antonio sticking with guys too long, the continuity has been a big part of Michigan State recruiting at a high enough level uh, and players they can develop and, and finding players uh, that's been able to compete and win the Big Ten. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know what Ohio State's going to look like entirely. Um, I imagine they're not going to fall far, if at all. Um, so, but I do think it's a it, it's a big opportunity for uh, for for Michigan State. Next one from Dominic: Do Couch and the Rube have any pets? If so, names. If not, why do you hate animals? I had a goldfish named Gil for a while. It's a good name. It's a great name. Yeah. Straight out of what about Bob? Clever. And uh, I, it was a betta fish. Actually, it wasn't a goldfish. It was oh, a beta betas fish. are easy. Yeah, great, great. And I I had two betta fish at one point, and then it. It ate the other uh, betta fish. I, I did not. You can't put them together. Right. Well, good information. Would should have. Who sold you the betta fish? That's right. what they tell you. Yep. Should have known. <laughs> thought thought Gil was going to have a friend. Gil's friend lasted a day. Um, but then I had this bowl, a really nice bowl, and with you know cool rocks in it, and it would sit in my table back when I lived in Kalamazoo, where I worked, and all day I'd have conversations with Gil. It was it was a fantastic life. But that that I'm not a. Big pets guy, travel a lot. I don't think it's fair. I like dogs. I'm not a cat guy. I'm allergic to half of them. Um, I've dated people who've had pets and loved a basset hound. One's called Romeo that was a girl I was dating dog. But I, I, I travel too much. It's not really fair to me to have have a dog. If I didn't and my wife wanted a dog, um, we would probably get one. Pets, you? Yes, we have a dog named Mia. I love animals. Really, it's the... The animal Twitter, like those videos on Twitter, they make my day. They keep me sane sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, I love animals. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's no hating animals. I don't have a pet. I, you know, well, I, so, like, I, I understand where you're coming from because traveling a lot, people get dogs. Believe me, that's why I don't go to the, the Humane Society. Nothing against them. If I go in there, I'm, I'm going to snag like six people, like six dogs, animals, cats, whatever. I'm just an animal person where I can't go to the Humane Society and leave without anything. Well, so and, I don't go. And you think about Cody Tucker, our good friend, who, I mean, Cody is 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 a, is a wise man in many ways, but not in one way. Uh, he purchased a dog, uh, maybe not the best time in life to have it. Uh, yeah, but he, it wasn't his idea. That's true. I mean, and then and then he gets a job in Pittsburgh temporarily, which ended. He's moving around. I mean, like you know, it, it was 
there, if you're going to have a dog, it's a certain time in your life or or a certain lifestyle that, that that's that's fair to the dog and, and best for you. And you know, one of the things I don't like about pet people, and I say that like I don't, but I don't like when pe- I don't like when people can't do things because of a dog. I I got to get home tonight because of the dog. Oh, I can't I can't stay out. Well, you can't. You have to let the dog out at some point. Exactly. That's the only reason I don't like dogs. I, I mean, I like dogs. Well, what, what's wrong with dog people saying that I, they can't? Maybe it's just a nice way they don't want to hang out with you. That could be. I mean, that's, that's another great reason to have a dog. You're like, oh yeah, we would love to, but we have to, you know, the dog. That makes me rethink a lot of my interactions. I'm just with saying. Friends. Like, yeah, yeah, right. No, I didn't think of that. Uh, now, now that makes sense. It's actually a really good, really. Good <laughs> I excuse. like how you're ripping dog people for. Oh yeah, I got to go actually let my dog out and feed it. Well, the things, how dare you? The things I don't like. I don't like when people won't do things because of the weather. Like, oh, it's snowy today. I can't do this. We can't drive here. You choose to live in Michigan. I never let icy roads get in the way of life. And I, I choose, if I don't, if I want to, if I'm going to do that, I need to live south. And I can't stand heat, so I can't live south of Fort Wayne. Jeez. But, so like this Modern is, day Andy Rooney over yeah, here. Yeah, it's actually, I, I, I wish we hadn't answered this question, because I sound like some sort of, um, We don't hate animals. Delicate, I love animals. Delicate anti-animal. Oh, I love animals. Northern, I, I, okay. They're better than people. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually really like dogs. I love hanging out with dogs. Just don't really. It's, I'm not in a place in life to to own one right now. All right, this one from Ray Ray Montoya. What's your favorite collegiate hockey venue in Michigan? It's. T- I have not been to many. Have you been to many? No. Okay. Mun. Anyway, yes, I was going to say. I, I like Mun. Yeah. I, I've been to Lawson Arena in, in Kalamazoo uh, uh, several times. Many times I've covered Western Michigan, so that's a cool arena. A lot of these arenas are cool places. Um, I've been inside the Marquette Arena, and I and I think hockey in the UP, like Division One hockey up there, is is really cool, and I, I think it'll be fun to cover. I've never been to a game there, but I've been inside the arena. I'm trying to think, if I've been to another. Uh, I've never even been to Yost. Yost looks the coolest on in pictures, but I, I don't feel like I'm really equipped to answer this question. Like I've been to a million baseball stadiums and football stadiums and basketball arenas, but hockey venues. Um, that's a question for one of our uh, listeners, Chris Davis. I, he's a big yeah. hockey Yeah, hopefully hockey he, fan. he'll chime in at some point and we'll get into that because I, I, I really don't I, – I mean, I can tell you I like the ones I've been to, but I don't really have a good depth of knowledge there. All right, next one from Jalen. What are Graham Couch's secrets to marrying up? Was it blackmail? Completely blackmail. <laughs> I knew something about her past, and uh, we, we've been able to keep it under wraps by having a happy and healthy marriage. No, I uh, – First of all, when you say marrying up, it's offensive to you because it sounds like I was not worthy. But no, it, it's it, true, it, though. It is true. Yeah. There's it, nothing wrong with that. No, the key to mar- the key to marrying up, and, and let's get serious for a minute, is being in a place where you are revered more than you should be. In other words, I met my wife in the Lansing State Journal newsroom. In my own little bubble in the Lansing State Journal, that's one of the places, the only places that I... You know, I look like a competent adult who's got a, a really good career, and I look attractive. And when I was at the Kalamazoo Gazette, most of the women I dated were people who came through that newsroom. You put me in the real world with Gen Pop, I don't look so good. You got that newsroom swag. Yeah, I got newsroom swag. Wow. And so I met my wife in the Lansing State <laughs> Journal. This is before she moved down to the Chicago Tribune and became some big league manager there. Was on the masthead and all that stuff. Like... If she had to do it over again, there's no way she gives me the time of day. But at the time, sort of in the hierarchy of where we were in our careers, she was a digital producer just on the desk, putting things on the web. 
Not that that's not an important job. I was the voice of, of the paper. It worked out for me. That's what I, I tell myself. That So what you want to do is find a place in your life where you're a, a, a semi-relevant uh, person. And, and, and I don't, I don't want to say a big deal. That's the wrong term. But you, you got to make yourself look better than you actually are. you got to find an avenue of your life where that's it and where you look like you're at, on an even plane with, with your spouse. Uh, you sell yourself too short sometimes, Graham. You're a catch. Right. That's that's I, that's that's what I am. I'm a catch. All right. Next one from Jalen. Uh, would, who would Jason rather take in a fight? Brian Lewerke with a gimpy shoulder or Graham Couch? I, I think I would take Lewerke with his hands tied behind his back. He'd probably just kick you right in the chest. I mean, he's, what, a 21-year-old athlete, right? Oh, I see. D- to be on your side in a fight. I don't know. He just asks, who would right. I rather take in a fight? I, yeah, I don't know. With if, a gimpy shoulder to you. Right. I, I, it, 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 I love you, Graham, but you, you're, you're almost 40. No, I, I, I grew up. I, with, I know you're a basketball savant, but Lewerke. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Although Lewerke, you know, yeah, no, no, definitely Lewerke. And Lewerke can, knows what it's like to be hit. Like, he doesn't mind being hit. Like, he's been hit a lot, right? And that if you're a college football player, you can withstand pain. I am somebody, I had a couple good friends, one in particular, Marcus, growing up, who fought all my fights for me, not surprisingly. Um, I've been in a few. Uh, and last time I got punched, I was um, 22, 21. I was living in Chicago. I was slightly inebriated. Not slightly. I was really inebriated. I was on the phone. I was dating an Irish exchange student. I was on the phone with her. And I was outside my apartment building. And these guys are walking by. It was kind of a happening place up near Diversity and Pine Grove, Diversity Clark area. And I said to these two guys, shut the F up. I'm on the phone. They were walking down the street. Just two random dudes walking down the street on their phone. And I tell them to shut the F up. Just, I'm on the phone. They're walking down the street. Shut the F up. I'm on the phone. <laughs> Next thing I know, one of them's decked me. My phone has gone flying. I'm on the top of a car, <laughs> like on a, a car uh, hood. Oh, I hope they're listening to the podcast. Or the it, show, please. And so I pick up my Let's phone. Find this person. I go up to the up in the uh, apartment. I get my roommate, and we are determined we are going to find these guys, and take them out. <laughs> I am so glad we didn't. Like we went to every bar in that little corner of you know, in that little area of diversity, and and. Yeah, I don't know what if we had found them, they would have kicked the living crap out of us. And I'm always grateful we didn't. That was the last time I actually got see. But it's good punched. though. You had a punch to the face, so you know a lot of people that you run into nowadays have never been punched in the face. Especially as an adult, it's a different type of. Sure uh, is. It's a different hit when you get hit by an adult in the face. That said, I was drunk enough that I don't actually remember feeling any pain. I remember the phone going sprawling, and I remember you know, yeah, I remember thinking leaving the apartment with my roommate, like feeling like a gangster, like we were going to take care of this. <laughs> And it it did not happen. Oh, that's the greatest story ever. All right, this next one from NWA, 21 NWA. Who has the most NBA potential in the future between Ward, Lankford, and Winston? Ward and Lankford, at their best, have NBA potential to me, but Cassius just seems like he could make a living being a backup point guard in the NBA. Yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting question. Ward, or sorry, Langford, as he is, he becomes a shot maker. Like if he consistently makes shots and he is doing it in big moments, like that's what keeps you in the league. If you're a player like him, you got to make shots. You're six five. You're big enough. Um, I think Langford is a guy who will uh, will get a shot in the league. And if he if he becomes a shot maker, he looks like he's becoming. He might stick. Ward is is a weird case. And Jason, you and I sometimes disagree about this. I 
Because, um, again, as Sean just said, it's all about matchups with him, and there are a lot of bad matchups in the NBA for a guy like Nick Ward. I don't know. I, I Well, I think Ward is, is an NBA player. Like, he could be one of those guys that has a five- to ten-year career possibly. But I'm talking, people are saying lottery pick. You've mentioned lottery pick. I just, currently I don't see it. But if he keeps having games like he had last night against Iowa, then he'll change my mind. I have no problem with being wrong or, or, or you know, Ward proved me wrong. I have no problem with that. Yeah, and I, I may see him in an NBA game. Like, I watch Bryn Forbes now starting at point guard sometimes right. for the for the San Antonio Gary Spurs. Harris. I, I was right. wrong about Gary Harris as well. Right. And sometimes the NBA isn't as much a, a step up as you think it might be. If that makes any, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, this, that's look at these guys. And, and Ward one on one, like he's not going to be the focal point of things, you know. And the question is, he can def- can he defend his position? But the way he's running the floor now, and I, he may be a really effective role player, big man in the NBA, and, and and we just don't know that yet. I. I think that developing a jump shot is probably less important than he thinks it is. Uh, I think, and I think NBA people have told him that he needs to actually be able to to uh, dominate in the low block and to score and to make good decisions. Like where you and I really disagreed was the um, was it the Texas game, the game where he had you thought he didn't play well, and I thought he, he made great decisions out of the post in terms of passing, and it was a big step for him. He's got to make good decisions. And he was, can't was that be the game that he had zero assists? Or? No, he had two or three oh, assists. Uh, How many did he have last night? I, I don't know. Zero? He played well. Ten for ten. <laughs> ten for ten. Um, so, yeah, and, so, and Winston on the backup point guard thing. Backup point guards are interesting because there are a million guys. Like Keith Appling, for example. If, if he didn't get in trouble, it looked like he was going to find his spot. He could have played ten years in the league. you got to find your spot and, and sort of you become a niche guy and that's because he could do something at an NBA level, which was turn the corner and get to the rack and, and, and finish. And the, the game is more spread out. Winston is going to struggle with that part of it a little bit. But if he can shoot at a really elite level and he sees the floor and he gets people in the offense well, he's absolutely got a chance to be – I mean, he, he's great on the pick and roll, and that's what you run in the NBA. It's a pick and roll league. I think all those guys have a chance in the league. Uh, if you told me none of them made it, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me all three of them played five or more years – I wouldn't be surprised either. All right, next one. Jake Hawkins. Heard it through the grapevine that Justin Lane is most likely going to declare for the NFL draft and possibly sit out the Red Box Bowl. Have you heard anything similar? I think it's the same message board grapevine, and, I, and it's, you know, it's something I need to look into here, um, although I think we'll know sooner or later. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, look, it, he's an NFL cornerback. He's got a career ahead of him. I, you know, if, if him, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Raekwon Williams wanted to do the same thing. Um, I haven't heard any of those same things, but if you're Justin Lane and you and you play in the Red Box Bowl and you get hurt, and you play for your teammates and the program momentum beating Oregon could could help MSU with, and you get hurt, what does MSU's program momentum do for you? Nothing. Does nothing for your NFL career, for your financial security. Um, I, I am not a if if your team is really playing for something big, New Year's Six Bowl that's something new to the school, a Rose Bowl, if you're in the Big Ten, and the playoff, of course, I think you ought to be there with your team. Like, that is a season that's still ascending that's not finished. Michigan State's season is essentially finished. This is sort of the exhibition at the end of it, and and that it, it's just different. Now, if you're a quarterback, it's a little different because it affects everybody, and I think that 
probably shows a level of selfishness and you're in a position that you need leadership. I, I think a quarterback should probably play in the game. You don't get hit the same way as these other guys or don't hit people. You're not as involved usually in as much physical contact. Um, but I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Do you, Jason? No, I have no problem. I mean, look at Bosa. Right. I mean, Bosa, is, he decided, what, four weeks ago that he wasn't going to play. Well, now, if these it, guys have any NFL aspirations, I have no To not play in the Red Box Bowl would not offend me. Well, look what happened to Jalen Ramsey, and that was what, the Fiesta Bowl, right? Was it Ramsey who got hurt? Ramsey, Jake Butt yeah. got hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and these were bigger bowl games. Uh, you know, the, the playoffs, certainly, you're still playing for something. There, there's something in your season to be determined. Everything else is an exhibition at a certain level. And if you're a player, you got to determine that level. And if you are a player, and I don't know Justin Lane's life story, but I would argue if you are a player who comes from very, very limited means and a family that is really going to rely on you, it would be irresponsible almost to risk your financial well-being if you thought. Now, there are certain guys where you're still trying to prove yourself. You're playing against the first pick in the draft. You're a corner. Maybe there's an argument that, you want to play in that game. I I don't think it makes a big difference. But especially in the NFL, Graham, where, you know, the, the contracts aren't guaranteed. The rookie wage scale is ridiculous, right? So definitely. I mean, they'll they'll, they'll chew you up and, and spit you out if, if you come in injured. No question. They, they won't care a bit. And Michigan State's not going to be able to do anything for you. I, so I don't know what he's going to do. I would not be surprised if he sits out. That puts some pressure on the Josiah Scott situation. I think Scott's going to play anyway. Because I think Josiah Scott's an NFL corner. And he's not going to need five years to get there. And if there's an injury that causes him to need five years to get there, well, then that injury later on can be his redshirt year. He's a guy who came in early and, and uh, early enrolled. And if you early enroll, you're, you're probably closer to graduation. Not that graduation's a part of things here. Graduation, you can always come back and get your degree. Uh, but you're probably further along in school anyway as well. All right, Jake, with a follow-up. With MSU heading to California, which one of these old-school rap songs would get you fired up about going to California? California Love by Tupac or Going Back to Cali by Biggie? I was a Tupac guy, believe it or not, in the uh, 90s. So I'm, I'm going to go California Love. I think uh, Jake missed one, though. LL Cool J. Shows Jake's age a little bit because LL Cool J is prior to those two. I understand. But yeah. LL. Yep. Underrated. Should be in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nah. This, is the, this would be my vote. What's I'm, this? A, I'm a Biggie Smalls guy. Is this like 91? Somewhere in there? Uh, doesn't say. Doesn't say. Anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, no, both good choices, though, Jake. Very good question. And uh, LL Cool J, you're saying? Yeah, LL Cool J is it. So the answer was C. Upper deck jerk guy. Of course, he has his segment here. Are the assigned seats for the media on the basketball baseline, or does Chris Solari just actually like to sit between Graham and Matt Charbonneau? They are assigned. Um, we would we would not have Chris anywhere near. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, they're actually they're first absolutely. come first serve. No, it's not first. Come. Yeah, the guys are getting there like four p.m. lining up ten. So, no, they they are assigned. It and uh, it yeah it at various events you are next to somebody, and there are certain people you know you don't like to be next to, and you do like to be next to. I don't mind being next to those guys. They're, they're decent guys, and they bathe, and, and so it works out. <laughs> All right, next one for the protector guy. Uh, what is the what is the single season record for rebounds by a Spartan? And will Kenny Goins break it? Yeah, I've been I've been trying to look this up recently because my my media guide is is in my bag. So we're gonna get to that uh, after a break. <laughs> we'll answer that because um, I can't get up from the microphone and, and actually get it. But. Um, 
I don't think – I mean, he's not somebody who is an Antonio Smith-level rebounder, you wouldn't think. I think it's in the I think it's in the 20s. Um, but he had 17 the other day. I think he had 14 last night. He's rebounding at an incredibly high level. The problem Goins is going to have is that – and he's taking rebounds away from Nick Ward and other things. But, but there are other guys who rebound. It's a, it's a team that rebounds pretty well. And, and for those nights where you get into the 20s on rebounds require – a really bad shooting team, which you had, or a, or a team that's at least missing, like you had with Iowa, and they require sort of, like for example, when Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double, that took work. It took everybody else boxing out, sacrificing stats. That was a manufactured. That was not a, an authentic triple double by Russell Westbrook. That took help from everybody else. Statistician. It, well, I don't know about that. Players but it, getting out of the way. It, it, yes, it took players making it happen for him. Um, but certainly, Goins is having a, a year that when you when you go nineteen, fourteen, and seven last night with two steals and are plus twenty five, <laughs> that's that's a really good game. I mean, he is he is not like everybody keeps wanting. You know, I saw somebody tweeted he's the greatest glue guy ever. You know, he's not a glue guy when you're doing that. He's more than a glue guy, and and I, I get what what a glue guy means. Is he is in the right place. He allows you when Michigan State plays two freshmen late in the first half. The guy they leave in there is Kenny Goins. You know he's going to be in the right spot. You know things aren't going to fall apart. He'll talk to those guys. Um, I am curious to see what the rest of his season looks like, especially from a rebounding perspective. He's averaging 10 a game, third in the Big Ten, coming into last night, um, is Michigan State's leading rebounder by by a ways. And it's good to see. He's a good guy. And what I like about the Kenny Goins story is that he should have been a fan favorite. And he was early on in his career. And then... He has this year where he's not only injured, playing with a bad knee, playing out of position at center, and he's backing up Nick Ward. So fans are A, irritated when he's in the game because of, instead of Nick Ward, and B, he can't defend bigger centers and they don't have anybody else. And so he becomes this sort of disliked guy and he had a limited offensive game. I'm, I'm glad to see his storyline change as a senior. All right, uh, the next one. The best non-playoff football bowl games. Go. Yeah. It's a good. It's a good, really good question. I actually wish the game that I wanted to see was Georgia Michigan, and I'm really disappointed uh, that that's not happening. Uh, so that that would be. I don't think any of the Big Ten games. I want to see like what I like is a game like I want to see. <laughs> this is strange. Wisconsin Miami. I was just about to say that. I want to see Miami play in uh, freezing weather. Like that to me is. Is a really really uh, interesting game. Um, Those kids, there's no way they're going to get up for that game. I don't know. Have we have we uh, located a spread on that? I want to jump on that. I'll see if there's a spread up here right now. I like Notre Dame plus eleven. I know that. I was told to jump on that. Now I might have to jump on the Wisconsin Miami before they talk to some Miami players. I, I can't get into this thing right now. That I'm trying to get into, but um, they're not even going to bring the turnover chain. I'll leave it at home. Temple Duke, no. Holy crap! What's your what's your uh, what's your best game that's sort of off the radar that you want to see? Uh, you mentioned it. Other than that, I'm looking through these games right now. BYU, Western Michigan. Oof. I mean, who's going to go to Detroit for this Minnesota? Well, the, the advantage to that is somebody pointed out. We we have a loyal listener actually pointed out something really, really good that 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 is two Delta hubs, Atlanta and. Uh, 
and uh, Atlanta and Georgia and uh, Minneapolis. So that that helps those two uh, those two teams. Does it? I don't know. No, it's going. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I don't like two the Delta I, hubs. Yeah, I, Georgia Tech, I don't like the Rose option. Bowl. I, you know, I was going through these earlier today, and I'm, you know, Florida, Michigan doesn't even interest me that much. No, LSU, UCF would have had the quarterback been healthy for UCF. Um, Georgia, Texas isn't that great. I don't. It's just not a great slate. Gamble. I, you got to gamble on them. You do have to gamble to get them. I, I think actually the, the the game that I, I find Purdue Auburn a decent matchup, uh, just because I. I I want to see can Purdue match up against a team. I don't think Auburn's that great this year, but it'll kind of be telling a little bit of of Purdue. Um, it was Wisconsin Miami is the one I want to see. I, I, maybe it's just sort of the it's going to be brutal. It is. It is. I don't. I don't know if there's a uh, Northwestern I, Utah. How many times have I seen Northwestern? Do I need to see him again? And you only need to see like a first half of Wisconsin Miami, pretty much. You just want to see how Miami comes out. See what happens. It is not a great, I'll be honest, it's not a great bowl slate, and it could have been. The matchups, because you have, what kind of stinks is because you have all these conference affiliations, it forces certain matchups. Um, yeah, mo- the one I want to see is that is, is, is still Miami and, 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 and Wisconsin. I'm sorry that's not a great list. I mean, in the playoff, it's different. I mean, the playoff is, is to be really interesting. I want to see Oklahoma's offense against Alabama's defense. And Alabama, do they score on every possession? Is Notre Dame for real against Clemson? I think the playoff is really good this year. I just don't think the rest of it is is, is all that is all that interesting. All right, last question on this Twitter question Tuesday. Can you get Cody Tucker on the phone to discuss Oregon? He lives close enough, and I miss his voice. Well, you can do that. Give us t- Cody Tucker. Yeah, I mean, no, Oregon, I don't know. He's got a, you know, they used to have that orange run. But, you know, let's talk about the Buffalo Sabres and uh, Wyoming, to be honest with you. I'd rather talk about Wyoming. What do we need to talk about Oregon for? There's your Cody Tucker. Go Pokes. How about uh, some Jim Harbaugh? I didn't know I did a Jim Harbaugh. Or not Jim Harbaugh. Michigan man, sorry. <laughs> Michigan man, I screwed it up. Michigan man. Give us Michigan man who is different than oh, Cody yeah, Tucker. Oh, yeah, Graham, how's that? Uh, holding that L. Are you still holding that L? I know your hands are full right now because you've been holding L's all season long with Michigan State. Right? Khaki pants. Walmart. He's not going to Green Bay, Graham. I don't care what you guys said. There's no way. Aaron Rodgers, it's not, it's not a, a, a match made in heaven. No chance it happens. So Michigan man is not as much about the voice as about what's being said. You know, your you voice threw, definitely changed. Yeah, you threw it off. It's my voice. I forgot I did a <laughs> – listen. I'm not like Rich Little, man. Like I don't have like – you know. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> you forgot your impersonation. Google Rich Little, Little, by the way, you youngsters. I forgot that I did a – you know. I'm a man of two voices. Uh, uh, no, three. Your mother's voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, my uh, – you guys always talk about Michigan State all the time. I gotta meet your mom. Anything else? We gotta bring her on here. All right, <laughs> we've done. We've done the uh, your regular uh, Frank uh, Caliendo there. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, great segment. We've got a few more. We'll get to Friday. Um, good work as always. We'll be right back. Couch on the roof. These are dynamic times in Greater Lansing. Lots of great growth and change and opportunity all around. The Eyed Company is here and wants to help. Whatever your real estate needs are be they commercial, retail, residential, or land. The Ides are a family company with a care and understanding of a small business, but the reach of a big one. Visit us at IdeCompany.com or call 517-351-2480. The Ide Company. Come grow with us. Would you or someone you know love to make a difference in the lives of kids and get paid for it? 
Dean Transportation is now hiring responsible and caring school bus drivers. You'll earn a competitive benefits package, 401k, paid time off, and we offer flexible scheduling. Excellent driving history required. Paid CDL training provided. Apply now at deantransportation.com slash jobs. That's deantransportation.com slash jobs. Make a difference in the lives of our kids and get paid to do it. Hi, Tom Crawford here telling you if you eat better, you feel better, which is why you need to experience the real food and fresh fruit of the Tropical Smoothie Cafe in East Lansing. What a great selection from toasted wraps, sandwiches, flatbreads, and gourmet salads, let alone the renowned fresh fruit smoothie. Two convenient locations, 1201 East Grand River, across from the MSU campus, 1595 West Lake Lansing Road, just east of 127. It's the Tropical Smoothie Cafe, your healthy, guilt-free cafe and catering destination. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. Tom Crawford with Spotlight Sports Minute brought to you by the Tropical Smoothie Cafe, your healthy, guilt-free cafe and catering destination. Sorry, I can't stop talking about this Michigan basketball team. One of the quickest jumps out of the gate in recent memory. John Beeline's squad has now played three ranked opponents and blown them all out by 17 points or more. When you talk to Purdue's Matt Painter, as I did on Saturday afternoon after Michigan bounced Purdue 76-57. Very difficult to attack the Michigan defense. And on the other end of the floor, when the Wolverines hit their threes like they did nine times against the Boilermakers, it's Katie Barr the door. A really challenging team to play. Next up for the Wolverines, Northwestern Tuesday night in Evanston. Looking forward to it. Hey, maybe Michigan is a basketball school. I'm Tom Crawford. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. NBC News Radio, I'm Lisa Carter. Americans are getting their chance to pay their respects to the late George H.W. Bush, the casket carrying the body of the former president is stationed at the U.S. Capitol Rotunda for round-the-clock public viewing. This morning, General Colin Powell, who served as President Bush's chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, paid his respects to his former boss alongside several Desert Storm generals. The viewing will continue through tomorrow when services will be held at the National Cathedral. Meanwhile, Bush's service dog, Sully, is getting a new home. Sully's being deployed to Walter Reed Medical Center for a new mission where he'll help comfort military members in their recovery. Presidential historian John Meacham says the Yellow Lab is following Bush's legacy. The former president took his leave of the world in the company of a faithful dog who will now go on, as his master did, and continue to serve. Sully visited the Capitol this morning. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. Where Keystone Light meets Les Miserables. You're listening to Couch in the Room. All right, a couple things. Uh, rebounding record at Michigan State for the question about Kenny Goins. Uh, Horace Walker at uh, 29 rebounds. Johnny Green at 29 in a game. And But if you just want to go modern, because the thing about the rebounding record, and I remember going through this when I was doing the top 50 countdown, like people sucked at shooting back in the day. If you look at the field goal percentages, it's like completion percentages. Earl Morrill. His junior year at Michigan State, everything's he's a great quarterback. It's like 30%, right? Modern times. You know, they invented the wheel in 1940. We've come a long way. Um, 
I'm not. It's not quite that bad. I mean, George Mikan was one of the best big men of all time. Right. I mean, well, back in the he's basically. 40s. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> he's like. Um, what would George Mikan? <clears throat> excuse me. Do in, in today's NBA? Well, who was that big man? Uh, Chilton uh, used to play for North Carolina and then the Pistons for a while. The buzz cut. Um, Ansboro. No. Eric Montross. Montross. Eric Montross is George Mikan. Okay. And and. That's that's it's not very nice, George. Well, yeah, right. that's your era. That's what eras do, and maybe not quite that. But again, so but modern times, like I'm looking at, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s in this book. Over 20 rebound games. The only people have done it in modern times is 20 is the record. Goran Sutan did it in 2007. Wow. And I was sure that there was a 20 rebound game by uh, Antonio Smith, and I don't see it here. Now that that does not suit on. I would have lost that bet. Yeah, maybe. I guess he had 19. I was pretty sure there was a 20-rebound 20, uh, game, but there there's not. So all these other guys did it back when people shot like 30%. The rim was hard. There were a lot of rebounds to be had in a game. I mean, it, you're just never going to. Like Chamberlain had like 56 in a game. Yeah. Didn't he like one season he averaged like 40? Yeah, but they were like shooting that. in buckets. The bucket doesn't actually, you know. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, no, it, it was a different game, different athletes. So the idea that he could break – so what I consider the modern record – this is a really good question. This would be a good one for the, the, the mailbag maybe next week. The modern record to me is Goran Sutan at 20 because there is not a single player. Magic did it. Kevin Willis did it in 83. And so 83 – you know, whenever we want to consider modern, there's a couple 70s. 60s, 50s. I'll have to figure that out. But the modern record to me is Goran Sutan, 20, and Kevin Willis, 83, 20. Kevin Willis did it twice. That's the modern record. And yeah, he may pass it. He had 17 the other day without a point. And You're leaving Magic off the list? Your modern day? How dare you? Well, Magic's on there too, 77. And he had 20 as well. So 20 is up. But after 20, like Lindsey Harrison, 75 at 21. It, it, you know, seventy four. There's Her- Lindsey Harrison, a bunch, but look, it's not a, it's it, it's not pretty. Okay, and the other thing we were talking about is the line for the Miami Wisconsin game. Uh, Hurricanes giving three and a half. Ooh, my goodness! Now three and a half. They're giving points. We're talking about a Wisconsin team that has a quarterback that means zero to the spread. That's true, and is not very good on either side. I mean, you know. It was really interesting doing the my, my ballot for like the AP All Big Ten first and second team stuff and looking at who, like Wisconsin guys were winning all the awards on the front and they they have a great running back and a great offensive line and still they're not a very good team tells you about the rest of their team so I'm I'm a little skittish hmm. like it all comes down to right what do those cold weather guys want to show up and play in that game and whether they want to I like Wisconsin getting points I do I oh, like it God. can't imagine I'm gonna like have to watch badges. this whole frigging game. Well, the good news is it's on the 27th. It's at 9 p.m. on the 27th. No, it's not 9 p.m. It's, it's at 5.15 on the 27th. Ugh. What else are you going to be doing at 5.15? On, oh, you, you know what? You'll probably be doing uh, uh, board hopping the drive with Jack and Tom. It's a Thursday. Good. You're going to have excitement on both ends. <laughs> yeah. TV and on um, uh, my ears. Yeah, that's, that's, what you'll, uh, mm-hmm. that's what you'll be doing. Um, there are no other spreads that really – the Michigan State-Oregon spread – is kind of interesting to me too. Michigan State's only a two and a half point dog, and what it tells me is I don't know enough about Oregon yet, and Vegas does. Because yeah, but you know about Michigan State. 
and their offense is terrible as we speak right now. It's a stay away. People are it's not. A, it's a stay away. People, so I did a, you know, in doing that uh, radio appearance in Oregon yesterday, they're not happy with their offense either. They think they've wasted their quarterback with their offense. Like the numbers are good, but they're mostly against bad teams. They think they've been. They don't think the offense is. Any, they don't think they run it. The statistics are okay, but they don't think they run it efficiently. People there are really down on Oregon's offense too, even though it's a much better offense than Michigan State. So I, maybe it'll just be just miserable football all around offensively, uh, which is what Michigan State needs. As we, have, I, we have two breaks, my friend. We got to go. All right, let's take one more break and then we'll go through these lines. All right. Look at these lines from the break. We'll be right back. Catching the roof. You're connected to Business Wrap in a snap. I'm Chris Buck, host of Michigan Reimagine. Red Cedar Ventures is the response to the growing entrepreneurial and startup community in and around Michigan State University. It serves as the investment arm of the MSU Foundation, which is a complete entrepreneurial ecosystem comprised of MSU's foundation and its three subsidiaries, Spartan Innovations, the MSU Corporate Research Park, and Red Cedar Ventures. The Research Park houses as many of these companies as it can, where multiple startup companies share space and encourage, inspire, and collaborate with each other. Spartan Innovations helps ideas become startups. Once the company is launched, invested in, and commercialized, they get passed over to Red Cedar Ventures, where they receive not only opportunities for more funding, but also high-level business coaching to ensure their structure is sound enough to withstand the expected growth. Red Cedar Ventures provides funding to get these companies to a certain level, and once there's validation that the product has merit, introductions to major investors are made, taking the companies to a new level. The goal is to truly harness the talent of MSU's faculty and students and turn their great ideas into the companies that can fuel the Michigan economy for years to come. Michigan State University and its MSU Foundation host several business accelerator programs, events, and competitions that are engaging entrepreneurs on a wide variety of markets. It's a fascinating entrepreneur ecosystem here at Michigan State University, and I invite you to learn more at redcedarventures.com or msufoundation.org. Or better yet, join me, your host, Chris Buck, on Michigan Reimagined. For more in-depth business discussion on this topic and many more, go to businesswrap.biz. Also, download the free OneTouch Business Wrap app by searching Business Wrap on the Apple App Store or Google Play. And from our founder, Suzanne Heward... That's a wrap. This is where hick meets chick. You're listening to Couch in the Rue. All right, Jason, I'm going through these lines. For the bowl games. And we're going to do a, a bowl gambling show. We've got to do it. We'll bring, uh, well, duh. John Campbell. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring John that's Campbell. That's breaking in. news. I mean, that's what we do here. And, and we'll we have to it. make this bowl season interesting. This is brutal. It is. A, it's a bad bowl season. I'm disappointed about it. And, and when I first saw that Twitter question, I kind of went through and was trying to find a game that interested me more than Miami, Wisconsin. Like, that shouldn't be the game other than the playoff. I have one right now. What is it? The point spread king, Mike Leach, Washington State. Minus three and a hook against Iowa State, Friday, December twenty eighth. And you think they're they want a pissed off Wazoo yeah. team? They want it. Mike Leach is just gonna, you know, they're gonna try to score seventy. It's only three and a hook. No, I I love that one. I have a, a New Year's Day one for you, and I hate to be this guy because I'm usually the man for the little guy. 
I love LSU minus seven and a half against Central Florida. And LSU's offense isn't great, but Central Florida's defense is not. LSU's offense is actually going to look good in that game. And I think Central Florida's a little more limited. Than, now, they've got time to prepare and all that, but that quarterback's on film now. I, it's always scary when you're on film. You don't want to be, I don't want to be on film. You never want to be on film. No, don't want to be on film, especially if you're limited. Right. Like, you know, it's like when you play pickup basketball and you play against somebody who plays against you every week and they know your two moves and you just can't get either shot off. Play against a new person, you look like an NBA player for about a, you know six or seven trips up the floor until they figure you out. Destroy the film. Destroy the film. Um, I can't say I disagree. I think though, if you want that number, you might want to jump on it now before it moves up. Yeah, yeah. Get it, get it seven at hooker by the half point. Get it seven. Frankly, don't don't let that. Uh, I will be watching uh, Western Michigan BYU. This is what I consider the uh, Cody Tucker hate bull <laughs> and uh, his his anti BYU sentiment. Uh, and Western Michigan plus twelve and a half. I don't. I actually like Western Michigan in this game. You know, Western Michigan has been playing without its quarterback for a while. They got a month to prepare. Is BYU physically that much better than Western? I, I don't think they are right now. I, I kind of like. I kind of like the Broncos in that game, in the Idaho Potato Bowl, uh, up in uh, up in Boise. What about Washington getting five and a hook against Ohio State? What Ohio State team are we going to see, Graham? Yeah, I like Ohio State a ton. Really. I do. Ooh, I like Washington getting the points. I like a final game for Urban Meyer. Tough year, Rose Bowl. I think it's going to be a motivated team. And I actually liked what Urban Meyer said in not criticizing the committee for not taking them in the playoff. That it would be disrespecting the Big Ten Championship and the Rose Bowl. And, and, and I like that because you're right. You didn't get in the playoff, but the Big Ten title is nothing to sneeze at. And he hasn't coached in a Rose Bowl. And, and, and we had a, one of our uh, listeners pointed out that one of the reasons he wanted to do one final game. Like, for him, this is a big deal to do a Rose Bowl. Oh, so happy for Urban Meyer to finally coach in a Rose Bowl. So excited for him. Yeah, it's, <laughs> who cares? I'm with you. I'm with you on this. I'm just telling you what he said. I know. Shooting the messenger. I know. Uh, there aren't a lot of things. I'm looking forward to John Campbell giving us something to care about in this bowl season. We may have to do this sooner rather than later just because it, it, it it's such a brutal, such a brutal schedule. We'll be right back. Uh, catching the roof. Jack Evelyn here with my longtime friend Matt Sloan at Graf Chevrolet Okemos. Was that a 2019 Silverado I just saw? You got it, Jack. They're here. All new, completely redesigned. They're absolutely unbelievable. Now, we got the crew cab. We also have the double cab already in stock. They are fantastic. Completely redesigned from the ground up. Chevy's number one seller. It's just an awesome-looking truck. you got to come out and check it out. They're here at Graf Chevrolet Okemos. They're making friends. We're making friends. Little Caesars Arena is open, and it's time to make your plans to see the Red Wings, Pistons, and the hottest concerts at America's most spectacular entertainment venue. Whether you need tickets for family, friends, or to impress an important client, the Ticket Machine can help you find the seats, suites, and parking that are just right for you. For the best seats, service, and prices, visit theticketmachine.com. Stop by in person at the corner of South Hagedorn and Mount Hope, or call us at 517-655-3201 and let the Ticket Machine help you get into the game. Hi, Tom Crawford here telling you if you eat better, you meet better, which is why you need to embrace any catering needs from the Tropical Smoothie Cafe to leave your group refreshed, not sluggish. For your upcoming company meeting or event, please consider the great selection from toasted wraps, sandwiches, flatbreads, and gourmet salads, let alone the renowned Fresh Roof Smoothies. Two convenient locations, 1201 East Grand River across from the MSU campus, 1595 West Lake Lansing Road, just east of 127. It's a Tropical Smoothie Cafe, your healthy, guilt-free cafe and catering destination. 
It's time for Did You Know, brought to you by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. Did you know that over the last decade, sports tournament-related hotel room consumption in Greater Lansing has grown by 185%? How about the fact that over 20% of all local restaurant business comes from visitors to the area? Sports events in Greater Lansing are big business, and local hotels, restaurants, and retailers earn millions annually by providing services to these sports-minded visitors. Find more information at lansingsports.org, and now you know. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. This is Jack Ebling with a Spotlight Sports Minute. It's the land of opportunity, and Michigan State has a great chance to end 2018 with a palate-cleansing win over the Oregon Ducks in the Red Box Bowl in Santa Clara, California. The Spartans dreamed of ending their season in Levi Stadium. They just hoped it would be a bit later in the national championship game. But a do-over against a familiar Pac-12 foe will have to do. Can a Spartan score three touchdowns on December 31st? That's not asking a lot, but it'd be a quantum leap for a team that found the end zone a total of four times in five defeats. One of the nation's best defenses deserves better. It's similar to December 2012, when a low-scoring 6-6 team outlasted TCU and used that as a springboard to two Big Ten titles and 36 wins the following three years, including a 13-1 Rose Bowl championship team the next season. The road is clear if the vehicle is moving forward. I'm Jack Ebling. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. Radio, I'm Brian Pierce. Former President George W. Bush will eulogize his late father at the Washington National Cathedral tomorrow. Other speakers include former Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, former Wyoming Republican Senator Alan Simpson, and presidential historian John Meacham. Former President George H.W. Bush's body will be wearing socks, which honor the U.S. Navy when he's buried. Bush spokesperson Jim McGrath says the socks feature the Navy's Blue Angels and pay tribute to his lifetime of service, which started during World War II. And CIA Director Gina Haspel will meet with a small group of senators today to discuss the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. This comes after senators repeatedly asked to be briefed by the CIA following Haspel's no-show at a briefing last week. And the death toll is dropping in California's deadliest fire, and so is the number of missing. Officials in Butte County said Monday that the number of people confirmed dead in last month's campfire is at 85, not at 88. Ryan Pierce, NBC News Radio. Less boring than Sunday school. You're listening to Couch in the Room. All right, Jason, we're going to leave the show where we started here on Urban Meyer and a little information from our friend John Campbell, Johnny Oddshark, just on how much betters are going to miss Urban Meyer. Uh, he was a really reliable cover and over bet for a lot of years. And uh, here are his head coach betting records. 121 and 88 and 6 against the spread. 109, 87 and 2 in the over. Wow. So that's 58% both, which doesn't sound like a great number, but if you're winning 58%, you're doing real well in that game. That's Mike Leach levels right there. That's Mike Leach levels. Mike Point Leach spread King. and Urban Meyer. It's all up to Mike Leach now. He becomes... The unquestioned point spread king. He was not happy with their Alamo Bowl bid. I actually like your line on that. I do think that is going to be a fired-up ordinary team. I, either that or they'll go the other way, because they went the other way last year in the Holiday Bowl. That was a, a team that was not did not want to be there. Great show today, Jason. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. Couch on the Roof. 
It's time for Did You Know, brought to you by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. Did you know that over the last... This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.